In John 14 and the uh, 21st verse, John 14, 21, says, He that has my commandments and keeps them, Jesus said, He it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. The Amplified says the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show myself. Reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Is this a desire of your heart? That God reveal himself to us. That he manifest himself to us. That we are able to see him clearly and distinctly. Know what is him. That he manifest himself, his presence In our lives, in our midst, in our services. Now we don't have to come up with any, we don't have to focus on church growth strategy. We don't have to focus on public relations. Did you hear me? What we need is the manifestation of God's presence in our midst. And the more God manifests himself in our midst, the people will come. I said the people will come. In fact, there won't be room for the people. And we are to focus on this. That's what we've been talking about, you know, for weeks. The Lord's been leading us and directing us. Why? Because in chapter 11, back up a couple of pages, chapter 11, we saw we have something to do with this. We're not just waiting passively until the Lord is going to show us his glory. We have a part to play. John 11 and 39. They're standing at the tomb of Lazarus. Jesus said, take away the stone. That'd be like saying, dig them up. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinks. Somebody said, was he really dead? (laughs) Stinking dead. For he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, said I not to you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God? What did he say? Jesus said, didn't I tell you? That what? If, if, what does if mean? If's a qualifier. It's conditional. If you do, it will. What if you don't? If you do, it will. If you don't, it won't. If we do, if we believe, what will? What does it say? If you'll believe, you will see the glory of God. Well, what if we don't believe for it? Then you shouldn't expect to see it. Do we have something to do? Well, how do we believe? How does faith come? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so faith For prosperity comes by hearing the word on prosperity. Faith for healing comes by hearing the word on healing. Faith for the glory of God comes by hearing the word about the glory. And so for weeks now, 
We've been hearing and thinking and meditating on these Sunday mornings about the glory of God and the manifestation of the glory of God. Just because we finished this series doesn't mean we're through with this. This is seed planted in us now. And what happens now, it begins to grow and increase, right? And our expectation of the manifestation of the glory of God should be increasing. It should just begin to rise through the whole family. And we do not just show up at church and just show up. We come expecting, right? We don't come expecting Brother Keith to amaze us. Because you'll be disappointed. Did you hear me? We don't come expecting the singers and band to wow and dazzle us. Come on, that's too weak. <laughs> we say, why you say it? Because people do. A lot of folks all over the world in churches this morning, they feel like if they made it to church and plopped down in the chair, they have done their deal. I'm here. What more do you want? <laughs> it's not what we want. It's what God said. It's what he requires. It's what he expects. We're to come bringing our faith, bringing our expectation. We're to come with hunger. Hunger. A holy desire to experience God on a greater level. Right? What if you got thousands of people that show up at one place at one time and all of them are just so hungry to see God and to hear God that they can hardly wait. Do you think God is not going to show up? Do you think the Almighty is not going to speak? Certainly He's coming. Certainly. Now we know He's here. He's everywhere. But He's not everywhere manifest. There are some places in the world they call dark places. Why? Because you don't feel God there. You don't sense him there. Why? Because people don't expect him to manifest. They're expecting demonic manifestations. Dark things. But, oh, glory to God. God's given us our own place. There's not some foreign government controlling this. Nobody forcing us what we can expect or what we can say. We can show up here. Full to the brim of holy hunger, expectation, desire. He said, didn't I tell you, if you would believe, you should see, you should, you shall, you will see the glory. Oh, come on, that should excite us. When the Lord, the Master tells us, you will see. You will see the glory. If you believe, we say, yeah, yeah, we will. We will. We believe. We will believe. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, friends, where God's got us on a path. He's got us on a track. We're going to stay on it. And we're going to intersect some divine appointments. Hallelujah. The presence of God will be so strong in this place at times that we'll be content just to sit and not say a word. And nobody will care what time it is. We might shout, we might cry, we might dance, we might fall on the floor, do it all, and then do it again. Revelation can be so strong that questions are answered and problems solved so fast you leave and you don't know what to do, whether to cry or shout. You just feel better all over more than any one particular place. 
And you can't give any man or woman the glory because nobody could do such things. It's God. God showed up. Why? We expected Him to. We expected Him to. But you know, little group comes and they show up and they expect to hear a little dry something out of Reader's Digest or something else or some political opinion or something about social reform and be out exactly on time and rush to the cafeteria. Then that's what you'll get. I said, that's what you'll get. But that's not all God can do. I said, that's not all God can do. How many? How many are going to say, I'm an expector, Brother Keith? I'm part of this family. I'm part of this family, and I'm expecting. God is real. How many believe people that don't even know God, think they don't have any time for God, can see some of these things? They think it's by accident that they came across it, or they heard it, or they saw it, and God manifests himself to them. And they go, oh, he is real. He is real. And he's good. Oh, he's good. (laughs) Would you go with me back, please, this morning now to Haggai. Now, Haggai is in the Old Testament. Where some people's pages are still stuck together. But it's time to get those pages unstuck because this is the Word of God too. And it's good. It's wonderful. Some of the turning points in Phyllis in my life financially came out of this little book. Haggai. The Lord had me to read it. He'd deal with me. Go back and read that. So I'd go read it. And then he'd do with me, read it again. And so I'd go back and read it again. And he'd do with me, read it again. <laughs> so I'd read it again. I mean, this happened for month after month after month. Go back and read it again. How many know if that keeps happening, what's going on? <laughs> There's something there you ain't seeing, right? You're reading over it. You're not seeing it. And the Lord's gracious with you. And he says, read it again. I must have done that 25 times at least. And all the time, I don't know which one time it was, 25, 29, 32, I don't know. But that time I read it and I thought, hmm, that's what I've been looking for. It was the key that helped me to understand some things. And I took a pen and I wrote by the title Haggai, Matthew six thirty-three. <laughs> yeah. And it helped unlock some things. We may talk about that at the appropriate time. But in Haggai, the second chapter, or the last chapter, either way you want to say it, there's only two. (laughs) Haggai 2. I'm just going to begin reading from the first verse, and we're going to read uh, several verses here. Haggai 2, 1, says, In the seventh month, in the one and twentieth day of the month, came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison Of it as nothing. Now here was what was going on. They were saying. Well what we have now. 
is nothing compared to what they had in times past in the house of the Lord. Now they were focusing more on the physical house of God, but we know that's a type for today of the spiritual house of God. And how many remember, we must have seen in the beginning of our study here, I mean at least a dozen times, where we saw place after place where the scripture said the house of the Lord was filled with the glory of God. Remember seeing that? Was Second Chronicles 5 and Second Chronicles 7 and Exodus, what is it, 40? And I mean, place after place, Ezekiel, some half a dozen times, it says the house of the Lord was filled with the glory of God. Say that out loud one time. The house of the Lord was filled with the glory of God. That happened repeatedly. Is it God's will? Does he change? He does not change. Listen to these prophecies again. Numbers 14. Don't turn there. Keep your place in Haggai. But Numbers 14, he said, As truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Psalm 72 said, Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Isaiah 40 verse 5, the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Do these prophecies have to come to pass? When the Lord says something, it must be fulfilled. He cannot lie. His words cannot fail to come to pass. God's will has always been. For his people to obey him, to fulfill his will. So that's what our text said, if you do what I command you. Then he said, I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to manifest myself to you. When they would obey him and completed the tabernacle, as soon as they completed his instructions and what he said, here came the glory of God filling the tabernacle. When they finished the temple, as soon as they completed doing what he instructed them to do in building his house, I mean, the singers stood up and the players on instruments and they made one sound to glorify God. And the Bible said even the priest could not stand up because the glory of God had filled the house of God. Well, what about today? Should we have less? No. Is the latter house of God to have less glory than the former? Well, see, here's what they were saying. They're saying, you know, well, what we've got now is nothing compared to what they had. The glory of the former was greater than the present. And that's a negativism. That is looking back to the past going, well, you know, God, always talking about how God moved. Well, weren't they blessed back in that move? And back in this move and so and so, boy, they knew God. Who didn't they know God? Well, there's only so much of that that's profitable. Did you hear me? And you got to get to talking about the present. Because we don't live in the past. Did you hear me? And so many people in religion particularly, they want to relegate everything to either the past or the far distant future. Usually heaven. Right? But if you want to start talking about something right now, a lot of times they'll change the subject. You go, well, yeah, but let me tell you. Now, back in Grandma's day, man, they had some services. Well, good for them. 
But that's gone and done. Right? That generation had their time on the earth. Do we have to just look back and pine? And go, boy, they had the glory, didn't they? Yeah, they had manifestations. Yeah, they had miracles. Yeah, they had this. Yeah, they had that. Mm-mm. And what you're saying is, wish I could live back then. You're saying the glory of the former is greater than what is, and you're implying what will be. Oh, but the Bible says something else. I said the Bible said something else. In Haggai, come on, let's keep reading. Haggai 2, he said, verse 3, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? We don't want to take anything away from what God has already done. It's wonderful. We can learn from it. Verse 4, he said, Yet now what? Be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. Be strong, all ye people of the land, says the Lord. And what? Work. Oh, we lost some folks right there. (laughs) They were all keen and happy about the glory till you got to the work part. Yeah, you're going to hear about work. Huh? Are we supposed to be working? Is about 10% of the church supposed to be working? Well, the 90% just show up once in a while. They say, ain't you glad I came? (laughs) Just look straight ahead and laugh. Yeah, just be cool. No, it's not okay that most of the church does not work. Be strong and you're supposed to be a part of a living, thriving family. And you're supposed to pull your weight. Did you hear me? You're not supposed to need somebody to see after you all the time. Now, when you need help, thank God for your family. But it's not supposed to be all the time, week after week, month after month, year after year. You need something. You need something. No, you're supposed to grow and get to the place where you can help somebody else. Is that right? And where you come and you contribute and you do something. And God's going to give us projects. Help me out now. God's going to give us projects and we're going to do things. We're going to do things in our area. We're going to do things for other people. Right? He's going to give us assignments. He's going to give us tasks. We're going to do things financially. We're going to do things with labor and with our abilities and our time. We're not going to waste our time on things we shouldn't do. But when the Lord shows us something, we're going to jump on it with both feet and two handfuls of money. Is that right? And get it done and get it done right. To the glory of God. Right? And when you obey God, the house of the Lord fulfills the commandments of the Lord. What happens then? Oh, then the house of the Lord is filled with the glory of God. Can you say amen? Keep reading. He said, verse 4, be strong, be strong, be strong and work. For I'm with you, says the Lord of hosts. Is he with us? He is. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Fear you not. I'd add this, for he is the greater one. His spirit is in our midst. His spirit is on us. 
For thus says the Lord of hosts, Yet once it is a little while, and I'll shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. Whoa, 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 whoa. thought we was talking about glory. And here we are on money. What's money got to do with it? What if we didn't have a dime? Does the prosperity of God go hand in hand with the glory of God? Great glory and great prosperity. Do they go together? God gives us big jobs. Takes big money to do big jobs. Right? But when we can come in. With big resources and big love and big zeal and big service and big fervor. People see our big God, don't they? And there's great glory. Great glory. He said, I'm going to fill this house with my glory. Can we take that personally? Can we take that for ourselves? Yes, we can. And he said, I want you to know the silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Why does he tell us this? Right in the middle of telling us about building the house of God and filling it with the glory. He says, remember, I got plenty of money. (laughs) Right? All the money is mine. Let me read this to you. He said, this is the English. I'll overthrow the nations and treasures will be brought here. The temple will be filled with wealth. All the silver and the gold in the world is mine. Well, if it's his, it's ours. He doesn't need it in heaven for some project up there. Right? What does he need it for? To do his work in the earth. To accomplish his will in the earth. We're believing for millions and hundreds of millions. And billions. Lots. There's nothing that any huge giant corporation is doing in the earth that's more important than what we're doing. And the whole church in the world. Right? Should we have huge resources to do the whole plan of God? Yes. Yes. Should you have big resources for you to do things personally? For other people in other situations, for you to take care of some things. Instead of always trying to say, well, you know, we'll see if we can get you some help somewhere. No, you know about it. Right? (laughs) You found out about it. And how many are expecting to have resources in your accounts that you can write a check, you can take care of it, you can do it? Yes. Does that bring God glory? Somebody was bailed out of a problem. Somebody's situation was fixed. God used you to do it. Does that give God glory? Oh, no question. No question. And he says, as the result of this, now here's what I'm getting to. As the result of this, he said, I'll fill this house with my glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 9, are you there? The glory of this later house, latter house, 
shall be what? Greater than of the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace. The Amplified says peace and prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. I want you to say this out loud with me. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the former. Let's say it out loud together a couple of times. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the former. Say it again. The glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the former. Are we a part of the latter house? You can't get any later than us. Is that right? Nobody's been any later than us. Nobody's any closer to the end and the fulfillment of all things than us. Right now, today, is as late as it's ever been. It's as close as it's ever been. And the glory of this later house will be, God said, greater, greater, greater. Man, they had some big stuff happen already. Fire falling, the glory cloud manifesting. I mean moves of God, wiping out God's enemy, transferring wealth in one day. We've already seen some glory. But how many know, to use a secular term, you ain't seen nothing yet? Huh? How many believe that the glory of what God's doing in his latter house is not almost up to? Not equal to? No, it is. It is greater, 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 greater than anything that's ever happened. God, what God's doing in our day and the day to come. Greater than anything you've ever read in the miracles in the Old Testament. Greater than anything you've ever read in the book of Acts. Greater, greater. It's got to be greater. He said it was greater. Greater. And he needs a bunch of people that will believe what he said. And that's us. And people like us all over the world, right? We believe it, which means we expect it, which means we are excited. Hey! You know, something that people ought to be asking you frequently is, why are you so excited? At job, at school, Anywhere, pumping gas, getting grocers. Now, I don't mean you have to roll your eyes back in your head and scream in tongues in the grocery aisle. People think that's just weird. I'm just talking about an abiding excitement. People can just sense it when they're around you and they're thinking, what? What are you so excited about? (laughs) Instead of, What's wrong with you, baby? Huh? Bless your heart. Why are you so depressed? What's wrong? No, 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 no. When we're in faith that we're living in a generation that can see more than has ever been seen, experience more of the greatness and goodness of God and the glory of God than has ever been seen in history up till now. And we really believe it's here. It's on us. It's here. Maybe today. More things tomorrow. Right? For the end of the week. For the end of next year. Right? You live in a state of heightened expectation. And he who hopes in the Lord will not be ashamed. He who expects will not be disappointed.
Mm-mm-mm. Glory, 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 glory. Whoo, come on, praise him a little bit. Lord, we worship you. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the glory. We worship you. Have your way in our midst. Manifest yourself. In us, to us, through us, any way, every way you choose that pleases you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. The glory of God can fall like rain. And it can be light as a light dew or strong as a downpour. Hallelujah. Get ready for more. Go to Isaiah, please. Isaiah, the 60th chapter. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. When the Lord says something, Will it come to pass? Might come to pass, or sometimes it does, sometimes it don't. No, when the Lord says this will happen and has his prophets to pin it down, (laughs) speak it out and pin it down. I don't care how long it passes and it hadn't happened, you can count on this. It will happen, right? And one thing that he said through his prophet Haggai, he said, the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than anything you've seen before, than the former. Isaiah 60. Isaiah 60, verse 1, what does it say? Get up. (laughs) Arise. And do what? Shine. For your light is come. And the glory, and the glory, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. What's going to happen in the world? Darker. But we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Right? No matter what's going on in the world, no matter how bad it gets, do we have to be darkened with it? No. In fact, in some of the darkest moments, you can see the greatest glory. But the Lord shall arise on you and his glory shall be seen upon you. Even when gross darkness is on the people in the earth. And darkness is covering the earth. The glory of the Lord is on us. And his glory will be seen. On us. Man if you believe this it makes you excited. And you think. Nobody's any later than us. Right? Nobody's any closer to the fulfillment of all this. Than us. Somebody say, yeah, but bad things? Yeah, but good things. 
darkness. Yeah, but in the midst of that darkness, God's going to show up. And His glory is going to be seen on us. On us. What do you think we'll be doing? (laughs) That's right. Shine on brother. Shine on sister. Get up. Rise, shine, he said, because the glory of the Lord is arisen on you. And his glory will be seen on you. And verse 3, what will happen? And the Gentiles shall come to your light. They're going to come to us. They're going to come to him on us. Right? Why are you so excited? How when so many things are happening so bad, how can you have it so good? How do you have victory through all this? How can you smile and say glory to God in the middle of this? Tell me how. How can I get this? Can I join your club? (laughs) They will come to your light. And kings... To the brightness of your rising, leaders will come. Yes, they will. Amen. Not might, not maybe, not might. It's written. God said it. This is happening. Has to happen. Lift up your eyes round about and see. All they that gather themselves together, they come to you. Your sons will come from far, and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and flow together. We're going to see some things, and we're going to flow together. And your heart shall fear, to mind in reverence of God, and be enlarged. Our insides are going to be enlarged. Our capacity and ability to believe and receive is going to be enlarged. Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted to you. Oh, conversions New births, right? Coming in in abundance. And the forces, that actually literally means the wealth. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. You know, when people get saved, they bring their money with them too. Right? Kings are getting saved, he's talking about. And leaders and nations and groups. Does this have to happen? The multitude of camels shall cover thee. The dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All they from Sheba shall come. What are we talking about? Convoys. Money convoys. And they're bringing their gold. And they're bringing their incense. Why? Are they going to show forth the praises of the Lord? Nobody's closer to the fulfillment of all this than us. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to thee. The rams of Nabioth shall minister to you. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar. And I will glorify the house of my glory. And taking what he said through Haggai, the glory of that latter house is going to be greater. Greater than anything you've seen before. Does it have anything to do with prosperity? Can you see? Prosperity is right in the middle with this. Great wealth. 
I know some folk don't like to hear about it, but tough. We can't change the Bible for them. <laughs> right? Their folk just get aggravated anytime you say something about wealth. I didn't write this. Right? You kind of get tired of hearing all this yan yan and yakking and stuff. You know, I've heard it many times. I don't tell you, but I've gotten too many notes. Too many emails. People don't like to hear about offering. Don't like to hear about having faith. Listen, listen. This is the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. I didn't write it. You didn't write it. It was here a long time before we were born. This is God's idea. So if you don't like it, you need to hush. Right? Wealth. Wealth and riches is part of the plan of God. Always has been. Wealth and riches is connected together with the glory of God's house. Certainly. Let's get all that junk out of our thinking. Let's get every vestige and remnant of that ungodly stuff. Poverty spirit stuff. Right? False humility. Junk. Out of us. And agree with God. Let Him do what He wants to. Let Him make our lives rich. In every way. To represent Him richly. To serve Him richly. And well. Right? You ought to just get out of the car and people look at you and go, glory to God. Right? People ought to just come in your house and sit down at your table and look at it and go, glory to God. Right? Come on, some folks are getting it in here this morning. Yeah, they ought to just look at you. They ought to come in your place of business and look around and go, glory to God. How many believe certainly they ought to walk in the church house and look around and go, glory to God. Log on and go glory to God. How many believe you ain't seen nothing yet? Huh? Oh, there's a lot more. We're so thankful for less than three years. But what God can do in three more years if he tarries his coming? Certainly. To God be all the glory. I'm glad I came this morning. Keep reading. They're going to bring their gold. They're going to have a convoy with wealth. And I'm going to glorify, he said, verse 7, I'm going to glorify the house of my glory. Mm-mm-mm. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Thanks be, hallelujah. Go to 61, while we're here so close by. Go to 61. You know, he starts off by saying, this is actually the tail number for my airplane. It's 61. Hadn't got it on there yet, but we got it reserved. Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he's anointed me. This is one of Jesus' favorite passages. He quoted it all the time. Because the Lord's anointed me to preach good news. And he sent me. That's why we put it on the airplane. He sent me 
And he winds up saying to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And you know to appoint to them that mourn in Zion. Beauty for ashes. All of joy for mourning. Garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now look at verse 6. You shall be named the priests of the Lord. Are we? Have we been made unto our God? Kings and priests. How were the priests in the first covenant, the old covenant, and the first house of God? It was glorious, friend. Is that right? You talk about some nice threads. You talk about some nice clothes. You talk about some nice, I mean pure gold instruments. Is that right? Beautiful clothing, beautiful drapes, beautiful buildings, beautiful furniture, gold and silver and the finest of wood, the finest of fabrics. Is that right? And the priest of the Lord. I mean, when the priest walked in with all these jewels on his chest and this miter on his head and all these flowing, everybody thought, whoo, you glory. There's the priest of the Almighty. Right? And the way they conducted everything was clean and holy and everything was washed. And the vessels were only used for the things of God. What about the later house? What about the later house? Greater glory. And now it's not just a couple of folks that's priests. We're all. All of us. All of us are the priests of God. All of us are kings under the king of kings. All of us are ambassadors sent to represent the most holy high God. We've got to think of that. So, well, I'm just an old boy from Missouri. No, you're a representative. You're an ambassador for the most high God. You need to start acting like it. Well, I'm just no country boy from Arkansas. Yeah, I was just no country boy from Mississippi. But you've got to find out who you really are. I said, you got to find, well, I, we ain't got no money, and my folks ain't never had nothing, and we just simple country folks. Not if you're saved. I said, not if you're saved. There's more to it. And you need to accept. See, some people, that's all they want to do. They don't want to accept what God has for them. They don't want the responsibility. They don't want to step up. They don't want to believe for these things. No, long as I got, you know, some grits and... Um, Little chicken once in a while. And you know, one new pair of overalls every year. That's good enough. Just good enough. This ain't just about you. You represent God. If you like overalls, that's great. But they should be the best. Is that right? I mean the best. You represent God. I mean there's glory on your face. And you have resources. And you have ability. Can you say amen? Amen. And you step up like you're somebody. Not haughty. Not arrogant. Not proud. But you know who you serve. You know whose you are. Amen. Amen. And you don't mumble when you talk. You speak up. You know who you represent. And you got a job to do. I said, you got a job. What is your job? Find out. Do it. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. He said, you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you 
the ministers of our God. Well, I'm not a minister. Yeah, you are. Yeah. All of us are supposed to be the ministers of our God. What is a minister? Servant. He said, you will be named the priests of the Lord. And men will call you the ministers of our God. And what else will happen? You shall eat the rich. uh Uh-oh, money again. The riches of the Gentiles and in their glory. He's talking about the natural glory of the riches now. Shall you boast yourselves? What? In the blessing of the Lord, which makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. I want you to stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.